The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal, from the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. Welcome to Engaging Truth. This is Dave Schultz, your host for this particular program. I have a guest uh, this evening that I've met only via Zoom, so I know her in that way, and I know some of the theological bias of which she speaks, but the great thing is that she's a guest here on Engaging Truth. And let me just tell you a little bit about her. Professor Dr. Nancy Alamadovar is a PhD professor at World Religions and Apologetics at uh, Park University and creator of the blog LutheranGirl.org. She is the author of several books, including Accidental Lutheran and Nothing Else Matters. And finally, Why the Resurrection to Everlasting Life is Everything. Welcome to the microphone, Nancy. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. We're going we're gonna to talk about some of the things that are very important to you. And first of all, I'd like to have you tell me a little bit about Nancy and her theological jungle journey that she's been through. Yes, I love that term because it really was a theological jungle. Um, I grew up in a holiness Pentecostal church. Um, I was converted at 19 years old and continued in the holiness church for well over a decade. And then I uh, met my husband, Buddy, and we attended a what you'd call a more general charismatic church. It was very focused on a movement called the New Apostolic Reformation, where there are new apostles and there are new prophets and you can be a seer or a visioneer. Um, and so we were in that for many years. And one summer, we were traveling to our summer camp and we each grabbed a book. My husband grabbed uh, God's Generals, too. And I grabbed a book by J.C. Ryle on the doctrines of the faith. And he came running back into the cabin as he was reading his book. And he said, do you know who Martin Luther is and Jan Huss? And what is this justification by faith alone? And I said, well, I was just reading about that in this book. And we realized we had been caught up in a works centered salvation system. And so we began to study more and we eventually became what they called Dutch Reformed Calvinists. And that is out of the Netherlands and it focuses on what they call the three forms of unity. That's their doctrinal standards. So we spent a little over a dozen years as Calvinists. We moved from New York City where we both had grown up and were raised. And we moved to Idaho in one winter, 2016 to 2017. We got stuck in our little cul-de-sac because it would snow, melt, rain, freeze. We could not get out of our cul-de-sac. It was frozen over. We tried to get the car out. The car got stuck. 
went right back in and we were kind of stuck at home. And so we couldn't even get to Boise where, where our Dutch Reformed Church was. And we the news called it Snowmageddon year. Snowmageddon made us look to TV for some type of spiritual nourishment. Bobby found this uh, Lutheran program called Worship Anew. Back then it was called Worship for Shut-ins. We started watching it. We were being fed. We were being encouraged. I knew the hymns because the church I grew up in had hymns. And we knew the prayers because it's the Lord's Prayer. And the sermons fed us. Ten-minute sermon was enough meat to chew on for the for the week. And then we began to look for a Lutheran church in our town, and we found Faith Lutheran, and we haven't left. And um, all those travels, I had anxiety that I wasn't saved, I wasn't part of the elect, or I wasn't doing enough for God, bad at praying, bad at daily devotions, all these things that people say to look at to see if you're a true Christian. And I know my own fruit on the inside. It's not perfect, which is what God requires. In the Lutheran church, we found assurance of salvation. The panic attacks at two in the morning stopped because I wasn't looking inside me anymore for assurance of salvation. I was looking at what Christ had done on the cross and delivers to us through what we call the means of grace or the delivery system, which is through his preached word, the waters of baptism, and the Lord's Supper. And he strengthens our faith. And I don't have to have all my theological ducks in a row. And I don't have to have perfect fruit because under the righteous robes of Jesus, the Father already sees me that way. So we went from a very works-oriented in the Pentecostal church to a very experience-oriented in the Charismatics to have to have your theology right in the Calvinist system to suddenly, what does the scripture say? And I finally found rest. If you would tell us of all the things that you teach why apologetics is your favorite, what would your answer be? Um, because even in the Pentecostal church, in the sermons, I was asking, where is that in the scripture? And I would look for where the pastor found that in the Bible, plainly. Nothing that you had to figure out, nothing you had to fix or reword or AdWords, just I would ask myself, where is that in the Bible? And when I went back to school to become a biblical counselor, one of my professors said my paper was written like a legal document. Have I thought about apologetics? I didn't even know what the word meant. I had to look up <laughs> apologetics. And I found out it meant defending the faith. And I thought, well, that's interesting. But it, it, it's kind of two-sided. It's defending the faith against the questions of unbelievers, but it's also questioning Christians and do you have what the Bible says or are you making stuff up? And so when I found out about apologetics, I kind of thought, well, I've been doing this my whole Christian life. <laughs> I've been asking, where is that in the scripture? So it, it, it just kind of fit. 
Nancy, why is the teaching of apologetics critical today? I think COVID made it very clear why Christians need to learn how to answer or defend the faith. Because everybody was fearful of dying. Everyone had questions. Why is this happening? Apologetics is the tool God has given his church to answer those types of questions. And then to present the good news of Jesus Christ, that he died for our sins. And apologetics equips believers, Christians, with how to answer and even what to answer. Peter tells us in his epistle that we are to always have an answer for the faith that we follow, to have an answer for the hope within us. And so it doesn't have to be a long answer. It could be a short one. It doesn't have to be so scientific or philosophical. It needs to be simply what scripture teaches us. And I love to share that with other believers because I don't know your neighbor, Pastor. I don't live near you. You do. The person in New York City, I don't know their friends or family, but they do. They don't know my neighbors here in Idaho. I do. So if each Christian is equipped to answer the questions of those in their circle, we can proclaim the gospel to them then. You seem to be very responsive to apologetics, the teaching of apologetics. Is it something that you can make simple to people? so that they can say, oh, I'm thankful that Nancy was here today to tell me about that. Yes, I I learned all the technical apologetic stuff in seminaries. And I went through training with Dr. John Warwick Montgomery. And so I have all the philosophical, theoretical stuff in my head. But if I can't break it down to where the woman or the man or the boy or the girl in the pew can share it with their friends, their family, in a way that doesn't dumb it down, but it does simplify it. I call it a rubber hits the road apologetic. Um, In fact, one of the things I often talk about is cul-de-sac apologetics. Now, I live in a cul-de-sac. That's that roundabout at the end of the road. And if I don't make it where I can talk with my neighbor simply and make the gospel simple, answer them in a manner that makes it easy, not only for the believer who's telling them the information, but for them to be able to receive and comprehend the answers, then I have failed as an apologist. If I keep it up for the the folks in the high tower, I failed at my vocation that God has called me to. So I keep it very rubber hits the road. My experience in ministry is very closing in on 60 years of proclaiming the gospel and and using apologetics, using the defense of the gospel itself as the very tool that brings people to um, a fine understanding of the justification by faith. Uh, that Christ or that Paul talks about. 
but I'd like to ask you a question. Um, what is it about the Lutheran history, the confessions, and the liturgy that is so special to you? For me, it's it's special because of my years in ministry and my dad's 48 years in ministry. I've always been there. But why is it so special to you? First of all, I, I love apologetics, but I'm also a little geeked out on church history. And I, in the Pentecostal and Charismatic churches, we were always taught, we want to go back to the ancient church. So I'm going to study the ancient church. And I find out they had a liturgy. They had an order of service. That's what we would call it in a Baptist church or Pentecostal church. It's a liturgy. It began with a call to worship, a call to confession as a church body, a call to absolution, forgiveness of sins. You don't get that outside the Lutheran liturgy. The music. I look at the hymnal and I see that some hymns were written in 200 or 300 AD. That connects me way back to the church in history, in all places, in all times, and with all peoples. I'm no longer the Lone Ranger Christian. I belong to this massive train of believers, whether they were shepherds or seamstresses, bishops, pastors, theologians. We're all one body. And I love that. And I love that in every service on Sunday, that the forgiveness of sins is delivered through absolution or the pastor saying that in the stead of Christ, your sins that you just confessed are forgiven. You hear it. You don't have to guess anymore. In the preached word, you hear the gospel. You don't have to guess anymore. In the Lord's Supper, you receive all that you need for the week ahead, and your, your faith is strengthened. I often tell my pastor that I grew up Pentecostal, very emotional church, right? Very much about excitements. I often cry more in the Lutheran liturgy than I ever did in a Pentecostal service because I'm reading, I'm receiving, and it's God himself delivering those things to me. I don't have to guess where I sit with him anymore. I know I am a baptized child of God, covered with the robes of Christ, who died for my sins. There are people, Nancy, in our life who have left an indelible imprint on us, uh, on our minds and upon our hearts, and no one's going to take that away. Who has made the most indelible imprint on your life outside of Christ? That would have to be Dr. John Warwick Montgomery. If folks are unfamiliar with him, just Google his name. He is an attorney, a barrister to the Queen's Court, and a fabulous apologist. He was one of my first professors at Trinity Seminary. And then I had the opportunity in 2019 to attend his International Academy on Apologetics. He and I went to lunch together, and that's where he said to me, I need you to do a thesis on correcting the more subjective way of doing apologetics by Pentecostals and Charismatics and Evangelicals and teach them to do an objective way of apologetics, evidence, scripture alone. And over the next two years, it was back and forth emails 
conversations. And then this year I was able to go back out to finish and to defend my thesis and to take all the rest of the exams I had to do and become a fellow of the academy. And then to sit with him, even though we were in a big group, and just talk with him, no longer mentor to disciple, but friend to friend, colleague to colleague. And he has made the greatest impact on me, both through his encouragement, through his style of apologetics, and through encouraging me and my style, which is much more ground-oriented. His, his will be much more seminary level. But he encourages me to keep it at rubber hits the road, because then everyone that I meet, I can teach. I'm glad to say that you were here today on Engaging Truth interview with Nancy. Our only prayer is that the message of Christ made here will work and be impressed upon your heart and mind. Every message uh, played here and streamed throughout America on KKHT is hosted by volunteers, as is the preparation of each one of these programs. If you're curious about past programs, go to our website, that's elmhouston.org, and there you're going to find just a multitude of programs and discussions about who Christ is and what he has done for us and how that reflects in our life. Also, on our website, you can discover ways to contribute and support the programs that we produce each and every week. If you would like to contribute via check, uh, write to ELM PO Box 568 Cypress, Texas 77410. Your gift will be received and receded. But above everything else, remember us in your prayer. One thing we know for sure, prayer is our fuel and our strength. Back to Dr. Nancy. Um, some more questions about this whole issue of apologetics. Um, what would you say might be the most important and critical need of the church at large today? They need to be taught how to answer the questions of unbelievers, whether that's a coworker, neighbor, because when we give the answer to the question, we then point them to Jesus Christ. All of us have sinned. None of us escaped that. But to tell them Jesus died for our sins is the most incredible thing we can offer them. Here's the gospel. Here's the gifts of God in Christ. But many don't know how to answer the questions that their friends have. Many don't know how to answer even their family. Maybe they've walked away from the faith or they've walked away from church. Well, here, let me give you the answers to your questions. And if we can equip local churches and the person in the pew with those tools, and not only give them the tools, but show them how to use them, then the church is better equipped. And I'll go back to Peter. You are to always have an answer ready 
That means you need to have studied. You need to have read. You need to ask your pastor even the questions that come to you so that you can answer those in your circle because the gospel is what's needed in the world. They're dying out there. They're going to hell without Christ. And I want believers to be able to answer their friend's question, not say anymore, oh, let me let me send you my pastor's email or phone number. No, no, no. It's your responsibility. Peter was talking to the church that had been dispersed throughout the Roman Empire. They were regular, ordinary people like you and me. And he told them, he wasn't telling the pastors, he told them, have a ready answer. And so I think that's one of the biggest needs. Because once you know the tool and how to use it and you're comfortable with it, my job's done. You're ready. We, we, I have a friend who didn't know what apologetics was. She came with me this year to Strasbourg for the academy. And she shared, now I know how to answer for my faith. My job's done. I call her a fellow apologist because she knows how to answer the questions that she's asked. Nancy, we can't see into the future, but uh, that's uh, that belongs to the, the the majesty of God. But what would you say to the people who listen to this particular program, first of all, as a warning and then an encouragement? As a warning, um, uh, don't rely on your experiences as a Christian to answer their questions. One they don't have the same experience as you. They're not going to, and if you have a fantastic um, conversion story, not, they may have a quiet one. And then they may think, well, I don't have that excitement. Something's wrong with me. So don't answer with your experience. Answer with the scripture. An encouragement that I want to give is it doesn't take a lot to learn apologetics. Pick up a book on it. Pick up on the internet some apologetic videos. Learn what you can. And if you ever have questions, I am always available for questions and discussions and whatever doubts even you may have as a Christian. And it's okay, you know, but that would be my warning and my encouragement to learn, to study to read church history even, and to learn from the ancient church. Nancy, this has been a, a real joy to be able to talk to you. Um, we're coming to the end of the program. How can people contact Dr. Nancy? Email is lutherangirl1, the number one, at gmail.com, or you can contact me at our website at lutherangirl.org. Nancy, thank you for being with us. This has been very a delightful conversation, and we ask that the listening audience come back to be with us again on Engaging Truth. Thank you, and good night. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410, or visit our website at elmhouston.org, or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.